This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field downtown Cleveland. As we get deeper into the new year and spring training, if you're tuned to this as we record on Saturday and air this on Saturday on many of our Indians radio network stations, we are exactly one month from pitchers and catchers reporting to Goodyear, Arizona. They'll report on February the 11th. And the position players a short time after that. Our first broadcast, our first radio broadcast of spring training, the spring training opener against the Reds on Saturday afternoon, February the 22nd. And we'll have all the action for you beginning at 3 o'clock Eastern time. So it won't be long before we get to that. Now, coming up on our show this week, we will hear from Austin Controllis, the Indians Manager of Communications, an update on Tribe Fest, which comes your way at the downtown Cleveland Convention Center on February the 1st. A huge roster of players expected at this year's event confirmed to be on hand, and it could be a record-breaking number of players who will be on hand at the Convention Center for Tribe Fest, which is always a good time, and the more the merrier in this case. So it should be a lot of fun. And there are till, uh, still tickets available. Austin will have all the information on that a little bit later on in our show today. Also coming up later on in our show, Dan Dickerson, the longtime radio voice of the Detroit Tigers, will help us kick off our look around the American League Central at Indians' opponents for the season, uh, especially their rival opponents in the American League Central division. Tigers in a bad way in terms of coming off a season last year where they won just 47 games. They are in the throes of a deep rebuild, and Dan will give us the update on that and what we can expect in the coming season. Notes to two teams, by the way, the Indians and the Tigers meet three different times in the month of April, the first 15 days of the season. We will see the Tigers a bunch right out of the chute. We will also hear from Indians President of Baseball Operations, Chris Antonetti. I had a chance to sit down with Chris earlier this week and uh, talk about where things stand coming out of last season with a month to go before pitchers and catchers report in terms of the roster. Very busy week for the front office as they had arbitration cases to take care of and contract situations to wrap up so that players did not go to arbitration. 
And uh, Chris will talk a little bit about that, but more so just some uh, general thoughts on the roster and where things stand heading into the season. Now, I mentioned uh, the players who were arbitration eligible uh, had their contract situations wrapped up earlier this week. In fact, it uh, came down with a deadline of Friday at 5 p.m., and the Indians got under that deadline. So once again, as has been their history uh, since arbitration became a thing in terms of, of contract situations. Uh, the Indians rarely see players go to arbitration. They were able to settle on contracts yesterday with Tyler Naquin, the outfielder who will struggle uh, at least early on to get on the field. He had that terrible knee injury at the tail end of last season that required major surgery. So he'll be out for a bit and will miss a good portion of the season, and it remains to be seen. We'll have a better indication when we get to spring training on if Tyler can contribute, but his contract settled. Also, reliever Nick Whitgren, who really had a nice season last year, his first with the Indians, appeared in 55 games with a record of 5-1 and one and an earned run average of 2.81 with four saves. He is expected to be, once again, a significant part of the Indians' bullpen. Also, wrapping up contract negotiations, avoiding arbitration, newly acquired outfielder Delino DeShields came from Texas in the Corey Kluber deal, and he'll fit into that outfield mix to be sure. And then the two big ones, Mike Clevenger, he agreed just before the deadline to uh, a new contract and get him squared away for the 2020 season. Clev's coming off of back-to-back 13-win seasons. Last year, missed some time early, but uh, when he was on the mound for 21 starts, 13-4, and an ERA of 2.71, and well in excess of a strikeout per inning. 126 innings last year for Mike Clevenger, 169 strikeouts. And you look at him heading into this season, if he stays healthy, he is a prime candidate to be in the conversation for Cy Young Award winners by season's end. You know that as uh, he's getting ready for the prime seasons of his career, and the Indians have him under contract for this season, as they do for Francisco Lindor. He avoided arbitration by uh, signing a contract on Friday afternoon, and uh, Lindor coming off another strong year, had the late start because of injuries early, but ended up with 32 home runs and 74 runs driven in the third straight season for the Gold Glove shortstop to hit more than 30 home runs. Clearly, uh, not only the Indians' best player, but one of the best players in all of baseball, and he is now under contract officially for the 2020 campaign. So that was the work of the front office late this week. And again, I mentioned uh, we had a chance to visit with Chris Antonetti, the Indians' president of baseball operations, talk about the ball club a week out, or excuse me, a month out from pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training. And we'll hear that interview with Chris Antonetti after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Now the 1-1 to Lindor. Swung on, drilled to left. Bank goes Benintendi toward the line. Dives, can't make the catch. Ball kicks into the corner. Lindor to second. He's in with a double. What a piece of hitting. What a hitter. Welcome back to Sports View. Today's topic... Who deserves to win big this season? My two cents, good drivers. I mean, that's why there's Snapshot from Progressive. Let's go to Rick for some confusing metaphors. Look, if you put a classically trained cellist in a garage band and you tell him to play for Layman Young, I guarantee you the meat on that burrito ain't going to light the candle. Thanks for clarifying, Rick. If you're a good driver, there's no other way to say it. You deserve discounts with Snapshot. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents.
Frankie Lindor, the switch hitter, batting right-handed, digs in. The first pitch swung on, hammered, deep left field. It's got a chance, gone! And just like that, one nothing Indians. Boy, Frankie Lindor is playing about as well as we've seen him throughout his career, which means he's an MVP-type guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's one of the best players in the game. And that's there's no getting around it. I mean, he can beat you so many different ways. And he's starting to, not starting to get smart. He's always been smart, but he knows the league now. And he knows what they're trying to do to him. He knows what they're trying to do to other guys. And he's really, really growing into that. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Chris Antonetti, Indians President of Baseball Operations, joining us as uh, we get past the holiday season and New Year's. And, uh, Chris, I know uh, this time of year always busy. You have arbitration things coming and uh, spring training right around the corner. Uh, how are you feeling about, about the roster based on where you came out at the end of last season and where you are here about a month before pitchers and catchers? We feel really good about where we are with our roster right now. Uh, I think finishing the year last year, we felt good about the team that we had. Uh, we saw a lot of young players transition to the major leagues and really fuel our success last year. And, you know, we won 93 games, largely on the back of some returning veterans, but also some young guys that stepped in and played meaningful roles on our team. So, as we headed into the offseason, there were a couple of places where we really want to address, which was an infield spot, maybe something in the bullpen, and then look at outfield alternatives. And we feel like we've been able to make meaningful progress on each of those fronts with the acquisition of Cesar Hernandez, um, Emmanuel Classe, and Delano DeShields in the outfield. And now we'll take the balance of the offseason to see if there are remaining opportunities for us to continue to improve and get better. You mentioned Cesar Hernandez. And he's probably a, a player that runs under the radar for Tribe fans because he's a National League player. But uh, there's been a, a long stretch of Jason Kipnis at second base. Could Hernandez be an upgrade of, of what you've had the last couple of years based on injuries and availability for Kip? Well, Kip was such a huge part of our team for the better part of the last decade that I wouldn't want to undersell what he, he what he did and what he meant for our organization. Uh, and, it, and he played a big role in a lot of our successful teams. But we really do like what Cesar brings to the table. He's a very complete baseball player. He has a chance to impact the team offensively, defensively, and on the bases. Offensively, he's a switch hitter that has a history of controlling the strike zone really well, productive from both sides of the plate. Very reliable defender at second base and is a really astute base runner that um, does a good job running the bases and making an impact there as well. And you look at that deal, and, and again, I, you know, I think for our fans sometimes it, as a National League player, they don't know much about him. But are those the, the types of deals that, that have been able to keep this thing going for, for seven years now with a, a really high success rate? I think we try to look at a balance of things. We aggressively pursue all avenues of player acquisitions, and you know, free agency is one of those in which we look to complement our roster in addition to some of the trades and then obviously our lifeblood, which is building guys through our scouting and development pipeline. But we do think, think Cesar is a good fit and complements our team really well. Chris Antonetti joining us, Indians president of baseball operations. All right, let's get it out there, Francisco Lindor. That's been a, a hot topic of conversation throughout the offseason. Uh, what's happening with, with Frankie as he heads into uh, two years remaining contract-wise with the Indians? I think nothing's really new than when we chatted at the end of the season. And our expectation is and will continue to be that Francisco Lindor is our short, starting shortstop opening day next year. And um, I said that at the end of the season. I'm saying the same thing today because that's the truth. Um, the reality is because he's such a good player, a lot of teams call and express interest and try to find ways to acquire them, just like they do with a lot of other players on our roster. I think I shared the other day that 
you know, as we looked at things, I think teams have called through. We've had some conversations on the majority of our major league roster and dozens of players in our minor leagues. Only a couple of those guys have been traded. So when someone sees a, a report out there that, and uh, Lindor or Mike Clevenger's name comes up or others, uh, that doesn't mean necessarily you're shopping them. It's it, your courtesy answering a phone call? Well, it depends. Sometimes those reports have no truth to them at all. Our policy is an organization is not to confirm or deny them at any point in time. So uh, and we, we really can't control what, um, what people write or, or also what other teams or agents may choose to share either accurately or inaccurately with the media. But I think what we try to focus on is what's the business we have at hand and how do we do that most effectively. All right, perspective on, on what's been happening here for a while now and, and where you, you hope to get to. Uh, 93 wins a year ago. Some quick perspective on that. A, a non-playoff season, but with that amount of wins, how unusual is that in today's game to, to not make the postseason with that many wins? We won the same number of games as the World Series champion Washington Nationals. They won 93 games, and, and so did we. Um, unfortunately, this is the first year that a team with 93 or more wins will not make the po- or did not make the postseason in the in the wild card era. Unfortunately, we're the first team to to break that streak. But in most other years, 93 wins would be good enough to gain entry into the postseason. And then, as as we've seen firsthand, anything can happen once you get in. And a seven year stretch where regular season win wise, the Indians are, are second to none in the American League. There's certain teams in in your market size, and and I think maybe Oakland, Tampa Bay, and the Indians, who seem to be able to, to work those edges in a smaller market. Other teams decide to, to pull back and rebuild. What's allowed the Indians to, to not have to go through that for a while now? I think different teams have different strategies and you know different paths to success. What we've tried to do is do our best to consistently field a championship caliber team, and that requires us operating at a really high level throughout all facets of our organization, both on the baseball and business side. And, you know, we've got a great group of people that work really hard to try to make that happen. And, you know, if you look back over the last seven years, by and large, we've been one of the more successful teams in baseball at, at doing just that. And for us to continue that success moving forward and get to where we ultimately want to be, which is winning the World Series, we need to make sure we're doubling down on that and making sure that continues to, continues to happen. Harder to do that now than, than when you first started in this position, or is it just different? Uh, it is harder in some respects. I think the lifeblood for us is young players and how do we continue to build teams around uh, a, a group of young players and then let that group mature and then complement them at the major league level. And I think what we've seen over the last few years is teams within all market sizes are now valuing those players and placing a premium on them, which makes them less available. So we really need to make sure we do a good job with our opportunities to acquire players through the draft, internationally in trades, and then make sure we're doing the best job we can developing them, because that's really been a a key trademark for us over the course of the last decade is developing players that make a big impact on our major league team. I know it's the offseason for the players, but not for you guys. Thanks so much for uh, coming by, Chris. Appreciate it. My pleasure as always. Thanks, Rosie. That's Indians president of baseball operations, Chris Antonetti, and a couple of follow-ups after our conversation earlier this week with Chris. Of course, the arbitration time has come and gone, and the Indians, as always, doing some great work there to avoid arbitration with those that are eligible, and we went over the the particulars of who was eligible and the the agreements that were made earlier in the show today, but the Indians squared away with uh, those contract situations taken care of before pitchers and catchers report to spring training on February the 11th. And one other thought, just uh, some more hard numbers on 
second baseman Cesar Hernandez. And uh, you heard Chris talking about Hernandez. He's really excited to see what he can bring to this ball club at 29 years of age. He's been in the Phillies organization his entire career, but a career batting average of 277. The power numbers up the last two seasons with 15 home runs in 2018 and then 14 more last year when he hit 279 and drove in 71 runs. And certainly speed is a part of his game as well and good defense too. And this is something that Terry Francona talks a lot about when he refers to Carlos Santana. Hernandez plays every day. The last two seasons, Cesar Hernandez played in 161 games in each of those two seasons. So he is available and a key part of the teams that he has been on in Philadelphia and expected to be a key part of the Indians in 2000 or uh, 2020, we should say, as we get closer to the start of the season. Just a reminder before we uh, send it to break here, if you want to catch our show each week, you can do so right here on the Cleveland Indians radio network and any of the affiliates that pick that up statewide and on into New York and Pennsylvania. Also, you can hear Tribe Talk on Indians.com, and you can also access past editions of Tribe Talk as they have the archived editions there. And you can hear it in podcast form on Apple iTunes and the iHeartRadio app. So many, many ways to catch our show each week, and we know a lot of you do, and we're certainly appreciative of that. Now, when we come back, we will visit with Dan Dickerson, the longtime radio voice of the Detroit Tigers, as the Tigers are coming off another tough season this year in particular, 47 and 114. And uh, most throughout baseball don't expect it to be much better this season, but Dan will shed some light on that. The team may be struggling right now, but uh, Dan's one of the finest broadcasters in baseball. We love having him on. It's always a lot of fun, and I think you'll enjoy our conversation as we begin our look around the American League Central Division at the bottom of the division from a year ago with uh, the Indians' rivals from uh, the Motor City, the Detroit Tigers. So stay tuned. More to come as Tribe Talk continues on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. We're talking baseball, talking tribe. Nobody plays harder than the tribe. We've got the players, these guys are really hot. We've got a future, we're headed to the top. We're on the warpath, it's spreading. Buckle up, folks. Here we go again.
Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field, downtown Cleveland. And this week we kick off our look around the American League Central Division, the Indian Central Division rivals. And the Tribe knocked off last year for the first time in three seasons, not winning the division. The Twins did. The White Sox look much improved. What about the Royals and the Tigers? And this week we'll talk Detroit Tigers baseball with their Longtime radio voice now, Dan Dickerson. And Dan, when, when I say that, longtime radio voice, did you ever think when you uh, took over after Ernie Harwell was done that that at some point you'd say, longtime radio voice, Dan Dickerson of the Tigers? <laughs> that was certainly the goal. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's weird. Uh, it's kind of amazing to think, you know, last year was my 20th year and approaching year 21. So. It, it, as you know, I mean, the job is always fun to me. It's always in the ballpark still, and that's, that's the main thing. Well, you've, you've had some good years. You've seen some great baseball from the Tigers, World Series appearances, a stretch where every year they were a contender not only to reach the postseason but go deep into the postseason. But lean years now, and, and how has the town uh, taken a fall off in performance by their baseball team and, and just the, the buzz around the Tigers? Well, yeah, considerably less buzz, obviously. And you're right. It's, it's how do you, I mean, Alavila, I think, you know, he's certainly come under some fire for, for all the lo- losing the last few years. But he was very upfront that this was a process that was going to take some time. It was going to be painful at times. So, you know, what you're trying to do is figure out, okay, what are the steps that you need to rebuild and to build a championship team up? And, you know, obviously it starts with a farm system and, if you're trying to measure where this rebuild is, and I always look at it as kind of two and a half years in, because when they traded then Justin Verlander, that really signaled the start of the rebuild in 2017. So you're two and a half seasons worth into this rebuild. So has the farm system gotten better? Well, by most accounts, they've gone from rock bottom, bottom five consistently, to probably, I think the national consensus is right around 10th, or right around the top 10 the farm system so that is all right that's sign number one that your rebuild is on the way and they've certainly beefed up their analytics and development that's the other thing that you have to do if you're going to rebuild from within toward building you know adding free agents like the white Sox have done this winter at the right time but it's it's been frustrating i think fans are very frustrated i mean it's 47 win season that's that's a tough season and you know some fans just stayed away and understandably but now I think Alavita's really pointing toward, okay, this year marks the beginning of we're building up from our low point, and from here on out the trajectory is going in the other direction. Dan Dickerson joining us, radio voice of the Detroit Tigers. We're talking Tiger baseball here on Tribe Talk as we take a look around the American League Central Division and the Indians' rivals in the division. You mentioned the farm system, and we heard a lot last summer about the young arms that the Tigers are developing. It seems much more prevalent arm-wise than position player-wise in terms of, of the quickest to contribute. Where are some of those arms, and just how good could they be based on what's happening right now in the minor leagues for them? Well, I mean, as we're seeing, pitching is still the most valuable commodity in the game, and the Tigers feel like they've got, when I mean, you've got five legitimate major league prospects in that rotation at Erie, maybe even six by the end of last year. But it's it's Mize, Manning, Scooble, it's Fiedo, and it's Joey Wentz. And right now, Scooble, 
Mize, and Manny are three legitimate, I would say the national consensus is top 30 prospects in all the minor leagues. That's, that's impressive. And these guys could all, I, they're, they're trying to hold down everybody's expectations. It's like, you know, they, they may not be up here right away. Uh, they're trying to make it sound like it could be the end of the year before they get called up this year. But I think the Tigers have also shown if a guy is absolutely banging on the door and there's just nothing left for him to prove a triple A, they'll all be a triple A this year. You're not going to keep him down there just to keep him down there. If they feel like not only results, but pitch, you know, the repertoire of their pitches has advanced to the point where, you know, they're ready to face major league pitching. I could see Mize or Manning or Scooble the major league sooner rather than later. And I'm talking, you know, by, by the end of May, I mean, if Mize is dominating like he was or Scooble is dominating like he was in double-A, way up to the major leagues. And then the Tigers will have some interesting choices to make about their rotation. Dan Dickerson joining us, Detroit Tigers radio voice. So we talk about the, the minor league system and the optimism there, but you still ha- are trying to get some things done at the major league level, and the Tigers did make some, some what could be very nice signings that, that work out well for them in terms of veteran players. And um, what does it mean to have a, an Austin Romine behind the plate and, and potentially a Jonathan Scope and C.J. Crone in that lineup on a regular basis? You know, for, for one-year deals and shopping again from the, the bargain bin, let's face it, I thought they were really, really good signings. Especially, I mean, I start with Romine because to have an experienced catcher like that who gets high marks for his defensive skills. He's never been a full-timer. He'll get that chance to be a full-timer with the Tigers. Um, It's huge when you've got young pitching coming up like we've talked about. Just that experience, knowing how to handle a staff is something that's, I think, still tough to measure. And, uh, you know, all you can do is kind of get the, the reports from other teams and get a feel from watching him. But it just seems like he's got that knack. And that's such a skill that not every good catcher has. Uh, or not every catcher has. The good ones obviously do. So I, I like that signing a lot. He's, he can also, it looks like, provide something at the plate he has the last two years. But he's going to get, you would think, the bulk of the catching duties. C.J. Cronin and, and uh, Jonathan Scoper, it just nails down the right side of the infield. Miguel is still going to be D.H. most days. But you, this team, my goodness, needed some power. And it needed probably left-handed power, and I think they'd like to still add a left-handed bat. They got righties. But you know what? They, they had to add power, and they got power. Uh, these guys, uh, I mean, the Tigers didn't have a 20-home run hitter last year. It was just astounding. I think every other team in the league had at least two, and the Tigers had zero. Uh, they didn't even come close to having a guy hit 20. So that adds power. But it also, you know, again, for a young lineup to have veteran bats in there, it kind of settles things down a little bit. And also the, the value is it provides some competition for guys who really need to show something this year. And I'm looking at Jamer Candelario and Dawell Lugo. Instead of now both being guaranteed a spot, they're going to compete for a starting position at third base. Nico Goodham looks like he's going to get the shot at starting at shortstop, so that puts a little pressure on Willie Castro. He's got to prove that that he can hold down an everyday job. But second base is no longer an option for Willie Castro, who's one of the Tigers' you know big position prospects. So the competition, I think, will be good. The veteran bats help settle down those young players. The Tigers need, we talked about all the strength on the pitching side. They really are still looking for that bat on the position player side of the equation. They have some guys that they really like. 
Isaac Paredes, Daz Cameron, Willie Castro are the big three, but none of them yet have shown they can hit or even at AAA level. Uh, and here for those guys. This is a year where they have – the Tigers need a surprise like Tarek Skubal. Tarek Skubal, the pitcher, was a ninth-round draft pick, and now he's a top-30 prospect in all the minor leagues. Surprise on the other side, the position player side. And, and that's what I think would really help boost this rebuild. Uh, you, you blew by Miguel Cabrera real quick. Miggy a DH. Um, <laughs> but we always like to talk to him because, you know, he's, he's one of the great players in the game. Um, but we haven't seen that the last couple of seasons. Um, look, he, he's getting older. He's at an age where he should slow down a little bit. What do you see from him? What, what Can he recapture some of, of what he once was? Or is last year going to be more of the norm, you think, for him the rest of his career? Well, I mean, the Tigers have made it clear, very clear to him. There's nothing more they can do with that right knee other than, in other words, surgically. It's all about, it's up to Miguel. In other words, if he loses weight, sticks to a strict diet through the season, it's not just about you're going to hear stories he's in the best shape of his life reporting to spring training. That's not the big issue. The big issue is can he keep the weight off during the season, maintain that program, and a vigorous, you know, regime, fitness regime, so it's to keep that knee to the point where you can at least drive off your back right leg, and it's, you know, it's deteriorated. You have to strengthen all the muscles in your leg, and he has to really work at that. And they've made no bones about it. And Miguel's on board with it. And by all accounts, he's doing all those good things. I'll maintain until I retire that the Hall of Famers age better through their 30s than the normal guys. I still think there is a big season in there with the caveat that he has to do all those things and be really committed to fitness, diet, nutrition in a way that he hasn't been before. And huge for this lineup if he got back to being I still think he could hit 300 with some pretty solid power numbers I really do all right a quick aside you mentioned that that there'll be stories that he comes into spring training in the best shape of his life you've been at this a long time at the major league <laughs> does anyone ever come in and say look at that guy he's as big as a house he didn't do a thing this offseason you never hear that <laughs> I'm waiting for it I'm waiting for it <laughs> everybody's in the best shape they've ever been in um, 15 pounds a month. Yes. We're joined by Dan <laughs> Dan Dickerson. He's going to be in the best shape of his life. Dan will be when he gets to Lakeland, Florida. But, uh, Danny, just finishing up um, a rough season series for the Tigers against the Indians. And you look at this year's schedule, two trips in the month of April for Detroit to Cleveland and a return visit by the Indians. I mean, right out of the chute, these teams are going to see each other a lot. Ten games by April 15th. I mean, that's nuts. It really is. I mean, people say, why don't I understand that you have to play teams in your own division in April. I get that. I, I, I do kind of laugh when people say, why don't they all just start on the West Coast or in domes? Well, it, it, it can't work that way. But two trips to Cleveland by April 15th and another one in Detroit, that just cracked me up. There will be five months in between series in Cleveland after that second series in mid-April. Five months. I mean, that's crazy. That's the part of the schedule I don't get. I think the Tigers and Indians play, I think they're 12 on the schedule by early May. Uh, well, you'll get a sense of whether the Tigers can hang with the better teams in the division. <laughs> what, but here's the important thing. I know you have family here. Is there a chance you'll wear out your welcome in April if you visit family every time through? <laughs> <laughs> 
call my sister up and say, hey, I'm here again. Uh, you got those cookies? You got those cookies for Hammy? There's a lot of things we're dealing with here as the season closes in. <laughs> well, Dan, listen, thanks so much for the update on the Tigers and um, enjoy the remainder of the off season and have fun down in Lakeland, Florida at spring training. All right, Rosie, always great talking to you. Whenever I do this show, I know that pitchers and catchers reporting is not far away. We're getting there about a month to go. Thanks, Dan. That's right. All right. Take care, Rosie. That's Dan Dickerson, the radio voice of the Detroit Tigers. Stay tuned. More to come after this on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. A swing and a long drive, deep right field. Demerit back at the wall, off the wall. Base hit, game winner, and a walk-off celebration for Yasiel Puig and the Cleveland Indians. Yasiel Puig wins it with a drive off the wall and right and the wild horse has been corralled in shallow right by his teammates and he's loving every minute progressive presents get pumped inspiration to help you do insurance stuff hey are you just gonna stand there and let people not give you credit for being a good driver you deserve discounts on car insurance and that's what snapshot from progressive is for so why aren't you signing up you need music to get pumped? Hit it! Drum solo! Ow, that hurts my fingers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents.
because everybody in our division has gone through a really big down period, and we haven't. Now, again, it's not easy, but we're trying to continue to be consistent and be competitive. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field, downtown Cleveland, and our good buddy, Indians Manager of Communications, Austin Control, is joining us. We've had Austin on quite a bit lately talking about Tribe Fest and a big announcement earlier this week. The full roster for the 8th Annual Tribe Fest coming up on February the 1st has been announced. And Austin, there's a lot of guys on here, and and you were saying earlier, unconfirmed, but maybe a a record amount of players will be in town? Yeah, I think we're there. We have 32 players coming to Tribe Fest this year, which we believe is the most we've ever had come to a Tribe Fest. Then we also have four alumni and two coaches uh, in that group. So uh, there are going to be a ton of stars there. All the fan favorites will be uh, in attendance, and we're really excited because every year we do find a way to make this event bigger and better. Talking fan favorites, Francisco Lindor, Mike Clevenger, Shane Bieber, and Jose Ramirez will be participating in a unique event this year, uh, from what I understand. Yeah, we uh, we think he may stop by. Uh, it is a brand new event we've never had at Tribe Fest. It is goat yoga. So, Rosie, we fully expect to see you there from uh, 1.30 to 2.30 during the general public session when we are going to have goat yoga. Uh, and it's going to be a unique experience. I think it's actually going to be really cool. So we're going to clear out a big section of the convention center. Um, anyone can participate who paid for the $10 general admission ticket. So $10 gets you in for an hour of goat yoga. And so we're asking people if they want to bring a mat, they can, but you don't need a mat to participate. Uh, And it should be pretty uh, interesting. We're going to have a bunch of goats running around. They will have diapers on. And uh, we're going to have a one-hour yoga session from 1.30 to 2.30. And uh, our very own goat, Jose Ramirez, might just uh, stop by and uh, hang out with his favorite animal. It's all about flexibility with goat yoga. Um, so for fans who, who haven't been to Tribe Fest before, obviously there, there's opportunities for the autograph ticket uh, to ensure you get an autograph, but with the general admission ticket, all these players, 32 players, where are the opportunities where, where you might just see them in passing and, and say hello and things like that? Yeah, and I, yeah, I mean, you hit it right on the head. It's the coolest thing about Tribe Fest. It's the most interactive and up close you're going to get uh, with our players and coaching staff. Uh, and for $10, you get admission to all... Uh, of the interactive activities, whether that's the baseball field we have in the convention center, the batting cages, we have some uh, agility drill stations, goat yoga, uh, video game stations, and our players are all out there during TribeFest participating in these interactives with you, with your kids, uh, and they're just out there to have fun. And that $10 gets you in uh, to have those interactive activities um, with the players and just to hang out and, and take part in all this. Now, they may not be signing while they're out there doing these interactive activities, and that's why we have the autograph sessions, but you do just get to come and hang out with your favorite tribe players. Great stuff. All right, the, the, the how to get tickets, when, where, all that kind of stuff, and, and the exact date and times. Yep, so, so we're under a month now, which is pretty crazy. Saturday, February 1st at the Cleveland Convention Center. Uh, our season ticket holders, a great benefit to them. They have their own session in the morning from 8.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m., and then the general public session goes from 1.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Tickets are still available at indians.com slash tribefest. You purchase your general admission tickets, and then after that, uh, you have access to purchase the autograph sessions. We have a new all-star autograph session this year and also new photo opportunities. So those are all additional add-ons after you get your general admission ticket, which is just $10. Great stuff. Austin, thank you.
Thanks for having me. Go Tribe. That's Cleveland Indians Manager of Communications, Austin Controllis, with the latest on TribeFest. And again, that's February the 1st at the Downtown Cleveland Convention Center. Should be a great time as always. And stop on by late in the day from 5 to 6. We will have a live edition of Tribe Talk. This show recorded live and airing live between 5 and 6 on February the 1st at TribeFest. So look for us at the Downtown Cleveland Convention Center. Last year we had a ball as we had uh, Kenny Lofton came by, Carlos Baerga, they were on at the same time. Carlos Santana was a lot of fun, and I'm sure we'll have some great guests lined up for that hour late in the day at Tribe Fest. That's going to do it for this uh, week's edition of Tribe Talk. As always, thanks so much to Brian Matze for helping to put together our show each week. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Thanks for being a part of it. So long, everybody. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.